0: You're listening to the Nightwork Pod. I'm Julius Caesar Macquarie and I'm an anthropologist. Nightwork Pod focuses on night workers and the lives they lead, awake and alert at night whilst the majority sleep. Our guest, Marian Roberts, Emeritus professor in Urban Design at the University of Westminster, closes the first series, London, the Glock Tunnel City and its Other Workers, of the Nightwork podcast. Professor Roberts has carried out research on various themes related to the Nighttime City since 2001. Currently, she serves on the board of Data and Research Subcommittee of the Greater London Authority, the Subcommittee on London's Nighttime Commission. Professor Marion Roberts, could you please introduce yourself?
1: Hello, my name is Marion Roberts. I'm an emeritus professor of urban design. My specialist research interests are the nighttime city and also gender issues in urban design. I've been doing various research projects on the nighttime city since 2001-2002. Um, I've also um, done pro bono work um, for local authorities, uh, for example, chairing a task force for the West End Partnership for a year and a half, and currently I serve on a subcommittee for the Greater London Authority, its uh, subcommittee of the London Nighttime Commission. I don't have any ongoing research projects but I am um, putting together some scholarly work um, covering past research projects and also um, thinking new ones for the future. Well, in the last five to ten years, we've seen nocturnal activities in the West End consolidate, and the West End is the largest um, nocturnal centre for entertainment and hospitality um, in the UK. And it's only compar- the, the research has shown that it's only comparable with New York, Sydney, other. Uh, major cities it's much larger than Paris uh, Berlin Amsterdam and as London has grown in the last 5 to 10 years, its population has grown, the transport system has expanded Um, the number of night buses has increased, the overground uh, has really um, increased the reach of Londoners and um, so we're seeing uh, an expansion of, not, of nighttime entertainment and hospitality activities in many sub-centres. Camden's been an established centre for years. Brixton has become much more popular, has uh, ex- expanded uh, its nighttime provision uh, through grassroots and top-down activity Dalston, Hackney, Shoreditch, Peckham, uh, Kingston. Uh, there are a number of other major, well, we say major, but significant nighttime centres. Um, I can't remember, I think it's the uh, Greater London Authority's designated. Different centres, according to their significance. I can't remember the total number, but there's, you know, there must be about thirty or forty of them really, throughout Greater London, and um, and we've seen because of the rise in house prices, we've also seen um, London is quite a young city in terms of its population. The demographic is younger than the rest of the UK it's, um, there are also significant disparities in wealth, but there are also young professionals, so if you like, there's the emergence of the kind of hipster venues, and um, also pop-up bars, some creative, um, non-corporate types of nightlife have emerged which is quite interesting as well.
0: We are in uh, Sofia in Bulgaria, and uh, we're here because of the conference on the Urban Night. Uh, I was grateful and and inspired by your talk. You have uh, uh, titled it uh, From Darkness to Light. And uh, I was impressed, and and, uh, this is where I had a lot of food for thought, on the um, topics that you covered in terms of uh, governance and property market. Uh, uh, also, uh, you were mentioning about the uh, Uber workers mm. uh, who are paid under minimum wage. And mm. as you know, I'm, I'm focusing on, on night work, mm. and this podcast too is mm. on uh, night workers. Mm. Um, I would like to know if you um, could share some thoughts in, in that respect um, on the on the demographics of workers who are there behind various jobs that need to be, say, offered in order for the city to function at night. I think this is a
1: hugely under-researched topic and your work has exposed some of some grosser inequalities The Labour Mayor is taking up the issue of night workers and their conditions. Um, And the business model of Uber drives down wages. I I can't remember the details exactly, but Uber drivers have to provide fees to Uber themselves as on their own taxes. And by the time that they've paid all these um, fees to Uber... Um, and maintained their own cars, they have to to achieve a certain number of hours in order to earn back enough money. And it means that their wages are really driven down. And I think this is... I'm really pleased that Sadiq Khan is taking a stand against this. Um, Uber has not had its licence reviewed at this point of time, which is... Um, June, June 2018. Also, um, per- the performance artists, young performance artists, young musicians. They also complained about transport. How um, you know getting home at night was difficult for them, and how certain organisations seem to be unwilling to pay them um, really a-, a living wage. And there needs to be a, a-, a- increasing awareness. Um, there's also issues about um, other workers who work in the public services um, and these are not only highly paid doctors but they're, um, nurses who have reasonable levels of pay but the hospital cleaners, public sector workers who've only had 1% pay rises <coughs> whose uh, jobs are often outsourced to private companies, to agencies they also suffer from poor working conditions, um, poor levels of unionization, particularly if they're migrant workers. And, um, you know, this is as they really need more support. Um, we had a woman called Mary Fuchs, the personnel officer with HSBC Bank. and One of the... Things that she did was to reorganise the working times for the cleaners in the bank so that they worked slightly later hours and so their work became visible to the people who worked for uh, the more highly paid bank workers. And she was saying how important it was that their work was made visible. And I think there's a huge task ahead for uh, political organisations to take up the cause of um, workers at night. I'm really pleased that the GLA, um, the Greater London Authority, is now taking up this issue under the direction of the Mayor, and I hope it's something that the Knights are will also focus on because it's been very neglected. Thank you very much.
0: Very uh, insightful. Uh to hear about the changes, because um, I'm aware of, the, of some of the um, literature which which uh, compares um, taxi drivers in Canada and and um, workers and uh, cleaners, as mm. you mentioned, in the finance district mm. in New York. Um, and, and what I found is that for example these workers are quite mm. aware of the strategic role that they have mm. in these cities where they maintain the lives of others mm. and particularly those you know, highly paid mm. and highly skilled workers and mm. um, in places like the market where I did my research that is not the case mm. Um, mm. many workers are not so aware mm. of, of the role that they have in this service industry, industry. and as we know mm. London is is providing a lot of the services. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder whether you would have any um, ideas, thoughts, suggestions, or recommendations on how, for example, the GLA could approach, uh, what sort of um, direction they should take in order to address this, um, uh, say, uh, under-researched area where uh, it is not known in terms of demography uh, of of the workers. Well,
1: I I think they do need to use their GLA economics section to do more research, and the GLA economics section is very good on that sort of big data crunching. But um, probably the data sources aren't there. Um, Maybe they should combine forces with some of the unions uh, who may have data... Uh, I mean, I think the GLA should work together with the uh, unions who are beginning to take up these issues. The unions have been weakened through the years of Conservative government and, quite frankly, lack of support from previous Labour governments. But that is beginning to change now. And I think the GLA has a golden opportunity to really um, get together with Unite, Unison, these public sector unions to share data to go in and the GMB to go in and uh, also to help um, provide organisation within these. And um, also uh, maybe to use more roundabout routes like the gender equality uh, requirement now for organisations that employ more than, I think it's 250 people.
0: I I, I'm, not, I'm not aware.
1: So yes, no, each organization that employs a certain number, I can't remember, has to supply data. Now, I don't know if it's going to be in the right form to really drill down, to expose some of these inequalities. Also, get to, I'm really heartened by the work of um, is it the International Workers Union, who've organized uh, workers at McDonald's, and also Deliveroo. And, you know, I think there needs to be a big awareness-raising campaign. And also to say to the public, um, a bit like the question that was asked to me during the talk with um, somebody saying, oh, well, I I love being able to cross the city and only pay £30. Someone else is paying for your £30. You know. (laughs) It's like, you know, um, the campaigns against sweatshop, um, the appalling conditions uh, for child workers making cheap t-shirts, we need to renew those kind of campaigns so I think it's about local authorities can do so much and they can also um, try, I think the other thing local authorities and health um, what are they called healthcare trusts is to Stop using agencies to make more direct, reinstate direct employment with proper conditions of employment. And that should be, you know, a a first aim for them. And, And to also start, when bids are brought in for service contracts to um, examine the conditions for the workers. And that used to happen or we tried to do that in the nineteen eighties and then Thatcherism outlawed those practices or and you know said that you had to go for the cheapest bid and I think you know, revisiting some of those actions that were taken in the nineteen eighties should be undertaken and I'd like to see all the trade union laws that restrict secondary picketing etc cetera, etc cetera, repealed.
0: Thank you very insightful and I'm really glad that you have brought in uh, the discussion also the healthcare services because I was part on one of the services which i not named now, but mm. I was wondering. I mean, it might be out of your mm. um, area of expertise, but um, say uh, vulnerable, marginalized groups of uh, of workers, like sex workers mm. or um, prostitutes, as some mm. people um, like to call them, uh, working at night in the street, There's a there's a change in the in the last um, mm. in the last say uh, three to five years, and the changes in the policies and the practices where they've changed from uh, 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 caring and, and helping, and supporting in terms of um, uh, pro- providing the sex workers with, with uh, sexual health advice and so on, um, it is now moving or has been moving for the past three years to enforcement. And so sex workers, rather than being supported and, and uh, uh, offered some uh, help and advice, they are now uh, uh, taken away uh, off the streets and, and locked behind uh, bars I wonder if you have any thoughts uh, on, on this subject
1: um, I do I'm not expert on this I have a colleague and friend Sue Buckingham and she was on the board of an organisation called U-Turn which worked with prostitutes um, helping them to get out of prostitution and um, and uh, she was very interested in using gardening and yoga to, for them to reconnect with their bodies in a more positive way. Um, I think th- the, big o- the the switch that you talk about, th- what I might speculate is that local authorities have had 40% cuts and so they've had to withdraw funding from anything but absolutely essential frontline services. So that may be one of the issues. I'm actually very confused and conflicted. I'm very aware that many sex workers suffer multiple levels of... I was going to say disability, but um, have suffered a lot of abuse and many are substance abusers and therefore need multiple levels of support. Um, Sue said that what they found at U-turn was that it was good to be able to relocate um, sex workers in a different area if they wanted to leave sex work, and most of them did, because, you know, it's just awful for them. Um... And of course the whole housing issue does not help that, the whole shortage of housing. So there are so many levels in which austerity and cuts and a punitive level of benefits are really um, not helping.
0: I would like to um, ask you one last thing whether you'd like anything to add uh, to this podcast to our listeners um, interested in in, uh, the experiences of people who work at night or anything related to um, uh, the nocturnal city in general um, whether you want to share whether you've been a resident of London or for how many years how have you seen it change it from not uh, an expert position but uh, you as as a resident of London.
1: Well, one thing I think that well, it's kind of plus and minus that's been really good. My I, my passion is film, and I really like the way that there's been an increase in the number of art house cinemas, the picture Picturehouse chain and the Curzon chain um, across London. It's terrific. Um, the shame is they're not paying their workers properly, and so there's still an ongoing dispute which has been going on for the last eighteen months at picture house but otherwise that has been so positive for me as a person um, and although um, there are negative aspects to the expansion of nightlife I think there's an awful lot of positives as well so I I, I really appreciate that and uh, my plea is that um, I'm now uh, officially, an old age pensioner, but I still like going out at night, and so we it shouldn't the argument shouldn't be framed of world in terms of world leading blah 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 and young people and, you know there are
0: other people who enjoy going out as well on that note, the last thing I would like to know do you think that London is a safe city?
1: generally speaking, yes, yes, I think so uh, certainly up to the t- you know sort of what used to be the old pub closing times, which still maybe are in one's head uh, up till midnight. Um, One of my friends, uh, this is anecdotal, her mother loves going to the theatre and she's 80 years old and catches buses everywhere, you know. I think if you live in an inner London suburb, um, you, you are, generally speaking, pretty safe. Uh, between the hours, you know, up till about midnight, after that, I would say maybe you don't feel as safe, but probably you are, but you maybe you just don't feel as safe
0: <laughs> you've been listening to Night Work Pod, a podcast about working the night shift. Night Work Pod is produced by me, Julius Caesar Macquarie. Please tune in for our next series in which the people working the night shift meet the researchers and writers who explore those lives.